Do we mute everybody here? I think we or no. Yeah. Yeah, we do. All right, you can unmute Paul. And all right. So welcome everyone. My name is Kurt Zimmerman. I'm an alcoholic. We're glad to see you here. Just a few things for remember before we start. This is not an AA meeting. It's Paul H.'s reflections on the exact nature of the wrong as described on page 64 of the AA Big Book and the solution found in 12 steps. This meeting is being recorded. Uh, I'm being streamed, I don't think. Also, please remember this is not an all-share meeting. Rather, it's a question and answer for Paul H.'s take on the steps. For details on Paul and Paul's events, his story, under arrest, books, those fabulous, lucid t-shirts, and past events, videos, check out the website and YouTube also. YouTube's a great source for like if you miss a meeting or you want to pick something up. So get things underway. I've selected a passage, uh, page 61 of the big book. And uh, then I'll hand it over to Paul and we'll go from there. So uh, let me get you guys back up here. All right, here we go. Each person, this is uh, the bottom of page 60, right? In the middle of the last paragraph. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, and even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very he begins to think that life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding and gracious as the case may be. Still, the play doesn't suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of a delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of the world if he only manages? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are things that he wants? Do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Our actor is self-centered. Stop it right there. Well, yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, this was a very surprising uh, riff when I read it when I after I got sober, uh, because 
at that time, I believe self was the constant and it could be good or bad. And that I had been bad and I was now in the process of being good. And that the self was just self. It was always going to be there, but it could be that bad or good. I didn't see this flavor that he's expressing, which was incredible. But as soon as I read it, I did see it. Yeah, because I was under it. I was under its illusion, probably right when I was reading it. So this is the beauty about the book. It usually is pointing to a present tense condition, literally. Presenting it as maybe a past condition, but you usually see it, re it references right now. Yeah, Isn't this what's happening right now? While we read about it, isn't this what happened? Yeah. And uh, that was a fundamental uh, misunderstanding, yeah? where basically the thing that's giving it the most meaning isn't the good or bad of what you do, it's the idea of being the doer of it. Yeah? And that idea of being the doer can do good things with a very selfish end. Yeah, and can do very bad things in ignorance and really misunderstanding and maybe should be forgiven. Yeah. So that was new to me. It wasn't black and white. And I thought I was just going to become good. And that's how the head took it when I first got sober. I entered like a, that which was playing God put me on a probation, basically. And, I, and it watched for me to be good all the time. Yeah. And when I was bad, it really came down on me. But the same thing that was talking to me when I was out there was now still talking to me when I was in sobriety. It's the same thing. And really, ultimately, that's where I was led to, to see that's the problem. Not, you know, the behavior needs to be corrected, especially if it's really out there and you're going to jail and you're hurting people and assaulting them emotionally, physically, you know mentally whatever yes of course there needs to be like the you know the police whistle off and you've got to get pulled over but the point is is after we get out of that chaos we can we need to see the underlying causes and conditions because they're the ones that are really affecting or influencing the the surface condition yeah the surface condition isn't going to be sound and great when you're good all the time yeah it's not that's not the solution the solution is to see the bondage of self and and what we're saying is the bondage of self is us being bound to something foreign to us yeah and that something foreign to us resides in the act it, its activity resides in our head and that which is foreign to us talks to us as us yeah and it plays God with us. Yeah. You are not playing God because if you are playing God, you suck, man. You should have a Bentley and fuck a lot of shit. Yeah. You're being played. <laughs> Something's playing you. <laughs> and the weirdest thing is we be, we, in a sense, we get rooted in such self-centeredness <clears throat> that the takeover by the parasitical movement has an open camouflage because we think we're doing everything it compels us to do. We do. We take responsibility 
for every fucking crazy thing it brought us to. Yeah. Now, when we're getting the opposite and we're being fortune is occurring and we're all this and something is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, which is exactly what the head did. Something was doing through us that we wouldn't have done by ourselves. Now there's a little different flavor. Something is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And then there doesn't seem to be any clog in that channel of expressing gratitude and honor. There's something weird about that to me. Where throw, we throw the gratitude and honor to the higher power of, of keeping us sober and getting us sober, but we don't account to the real problem. We keep claiming the behavior of self as our behavior. And therefore, being identified as self, we're walking a free man with heavy baggage. Yeah? With heavy baggage. We're weighed down by the past because we're still stuck with the idea, I did that shit I did while under the influence. And when you're under the influence, that's not how it's feeling. Man. So I'm not a believer in it. I'm not a believer that you and I manufacture our own misery. I do not believe that. I believe we can manufacture a lot of stuff. And basically what stuff we're going to manufacture is based on who's running the factory. If self's, if self's running the factory, one of its great products is misery. Yeah. Grievance, resentment, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's not mine. When I look at that thing, it says made in Paul, but not by Paul. Yeah. Like it said, made in China. Yeah. It's made in Paul, but not by Paul. Something is in Paul that's making this shit. Yeah. But it's not, um, it's not made by Paul. Please, if you can have let a little bit of that light in, it's going to bring you something, some relief from being bound to the idea of being the doer in the past. It will. And I'll tell you, how are you going to greet a lovely day when you're carrying about 50 pounds of lead in your bags? Yes. So, so this thing is taken off on that whole idea that this actor, which isn't us, something is the actor of our actions when we're under the influence. We are not the actor. And you can realize you're not the actor by doing an inventory on the actions. You can. Because you'll see a lot of people, very unique, different in the way they look, where they grew up, how they speak, blah, 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 do the same shit when taken over by alcoholism. But <laughs> they do. They do the exact same shit every other alcoholic does. Doesn't that doesn't that get you suspicious with this unique personhood? If there's a million cars built in a different factories, different years, yet they end up in the same three parking spaces, they're all being driven by the same fucking thing. <clears throat> Just let some suspicious come in. Because what we're listening to is very suspicious. It is. It's presenting a lot of false evidence. And how it's getting away with it, it's presenting it to false evidence. We're in the act of being identified as self, knowing it or not. Like it says, without knowing it, well, without knowing it, something has taken us over. Yeah. And it's doing through us shit we would never have done 
by us. <laughs> and the shit it does through us is very similar yeah, to every us that it does through. Yeah. It's because it's not the us. Yeah. So they explain it very clearly in page 64. They may not even have known they were explaining it very clearly. But people have come after, and it's very clear that those people, that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, is what we're convinced of. Yes. And when we're convinced of that, we are now going to look at self's common manifestations. And those manifestations are not ours. And those, they start with resentment. So a resentment is a manifestation of self in our life. Yeah. Self is not our life. It's in our life. It's not our life. Yeah? Our life is occupied by something other than self. Let's call it us. Yeah? Yet self is manifesting through our, our lives. How does it have all access? It, I, it, it's like the greatest, one of the greatest strategies demonstrated in nature is how these parasitical spores from the mushroom cordyceps having a, a an agenda or a drive let's call it self-centeredness yeah or a self-seeking which is to reproduce and then being saddled with a very bad vehicle to do that like spores underneath an umbrella in a fixed location and those spores have to get somewhere that that mushroom can live or grow and they may not be able to do it. They can't do it on their own. They don't have any legs. They don't have any wings. And usually they hope that someone brushes by it or the wind does it. But they said, no way. I'm not going to depend on that. What I'm going to do is land on something. And I'm actually almost going to fly with a specific direction and land on an ant. Yeah. And the spore is going to burrow into that ant and somehow get control of the brain mechanism. And now it directs the ant to go where the mushroom would want to go. Yeah. Now, all the while the ant is going there, in a way, the ant's a lot luckier than us. It doesn't have a narrative that it's the doer of every step of the way. Yeah. It just gets blacked out. And by the time it arrives where the, mush the spore wants to arri arrive, the spore kills it and grows out up out of its head. Yeah, bingo. It sounds like us in a lot of ways. The difference is while we're going to our demise, where the narrative is we're doing it. <laughs> How are you gonna? <laughs> I just don't see how you're gonna get out of it if you're so in it. And the conditions have been very clearly drawn. No human power can do it, including you. Yeah, No human power. It says it quite a lot in the book. Get very clear. What we're saying here is no human power can do it. And that means us. Yeah, And we have to access some other power that's not coming from the occupied territory. I believe it's there anyway, underneath. And by accessing that higher power, we can get relief from the lower power. Yeah. And playing God doesn't mean you stop playing God. You see you're not that which is playing God. Because the head is going to play God in sobriety. It is. Yeah. Doesn't it, isn't it taking uh, 
an, an inventory on your sobriety most of the time. Sometimes you're sober and it says, no, you're not. You don't feel like it, but you're sober. But no, no, you're not. Or you're sober, but you won't be tomorrow. This is all playing God. Yeah. You're not that which is playing God. That's the beauty of it. That's when you quit playing God, you lose interest in it. Yeah, because it's not you. It's sort of like if you were a guy named Stanley, without you knowing it, had been exp expressing his own manifestations through you, and you and then there was no way of getting out of it because you were identified as Stanley. When you found out this isn't you, it's Stanley, you lose interest in that. Because it's not you. Yeah. This is the great gift of recovery. There's an there is an interest, and it doesn't have to be self-interest. There's an interest in what we are, a deep one. Yeah. There's a, a there's a, a connection as spirit with spirit. It's there. It may be an unsuspected inner resource, but it's there. And its power can override the self-interest for sure. Yeah. So you start losing interest in self instead of being engaged in self-interest all day. That's the relief to me. It is. Yeah, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but perhaps there's a better way, trusting infinite instead of finite self. That's the shift. And we cannot break the trust in finite self as self. It, that's just more faith in self. Yeah. So we do a process, we live a way of life, we follow suggestions, and it brings us into a state of a habit of being sober. And then the, the miraculous work can continue because now we're not the main obstacle or the main obstruction. Yeah. And what happens? The gravitational pull of self gets broken. You may still get radio reports from it and shit like that, but you're not following its directions anymore. And you're now been sucked into the jet stream of spirit, you know, which is a much stronger pull. The habit of being sober is much stronger. I was in the habit of getting loaded. It was very sporadic and it hasn't lasted 35 years. The habit of being sober has been very, very steady and has lasted over 35 years. So the habit of being sober is a much stronger and a much longer lasting and a much more solid habit than the habit of getting loaded. For sure. Yeah. So we've entered that phase and now the problem doesn't exist for us every day. Fucking great. What? How many solutions have you ever met in this world that the problem, if you entertain it, the problem will not exist for you anymore? Very, very, very few. Yeah, it's always demanding tons of maintenance and work and it's going to fall apart at any second. I don't believe that. I believe recovery progresses, just like they say the disease progresses. I believe recovery progresses. And at any moment, it's always stronger than the disease. Yeah. So uh, let me finish what you what the reading is here. If you don't mind, we'll go off on it. So uh, our actor, our our actor is self-centered. I think is that where we started? That's that's where we stopped. But, oh, we stopped there. Yeah, yeah. The description beforehand was well. We should just stop there. It's perfect. Yeah. 
yeah. the, the diagnosis is the our actor is self-centered. <laughs> Does that mean you're self-centered? No. It says our actor is self-centered. So basically, it's almost as if we're living a video game the wrong way. We're taking the avatar, avatar to be real, and actually the one that's playing the game is seen as imaginary. Our avatar, the actor, is what we're following with great devotion. Yes? It's like we need a switch. Yes? Instead of self-knowledge, knowledge of self. Instead of self-interest, yeah? Losing interest in self. Yeah? It's just the switch. What's fueling the avatar is the same thing fueling us. Yeah? Which is faith. Yeah, faith in the avatar or faith in the finite self or faith in the infinite. You see the results of faith in finite self. The dilemma we need to learn is we still may be in the act of being identified as self. So self, when it tries to get it out of self, is more self. Yeah. They may, they've, they've warned us of this. It doesn't come from the big book. It came out of experience of a lot of people in the program trying to get better and recover, running into this conundrum of self, trying to get out of self. It doesn't work. So while we're in the act of being identified as self and we're trying to get out of self, it doesn't work. You have to recognize the act of being identified as self. Then you see you're not that, and then you can see you're not self. That's the getting out of self. The getting out of self is you recognize you've never been in self. Yeah. So there's warnings. You can't just say, all right, I'm not self. It won't work, because what may be chanting I'm not self is self. Yeah. So self loves to chant, not self. Yeah, really. Self will sign up for a hundred-year program to get out of self. It will. It'll just be selfing all the fucking time. Yeah. But when you realize you're not in it, that's a sudden recognition. It's like the thief in the night Jesus talked about. It catches the fucking burglar that's acting like the, the master of the house by surprise. Yeah. Yes. It's already evicted when the master is seen. Yeah. When you see what you're not, you'll see what you are. And you are spirit. You don't have to become it. Yeah. You are. So I'm not kind of saying this out of conjecture or intellectual. Uh, this is an experience. This is, I've been under this effect for a long time. Yeah. And every day, no matter what's going on for years now, the problem hasn't existed for me, literally. When I'm looking for any situ a solution to any situation, I never, never uh, find myself falling upon drinking and using, ever. I mean, I it's sort of like when I was out there, I had a an immunity to not, I, I was never going to get married and never have a kid. I just never crossed that line. It just was built in. It's the same thing as in there now. Uh, it's built in right now. Yeah. It's just, it, 
it's as if that act was, which was the, the giant, the most giant influence of my life here, the drinking and using is just, it's just so abstract. It doesn't appear in any day during the day. It's amazing. Yeah? That's a solution. The problem does not exist for us. That's the solution. And to me, the way it really stabilizes, the problem does not exist as us. Because the problem, it's it's deep-rooted condition is it's it's trying to exist as us. It's talking to us as us. It's trying to convince us we're it. And many of us have lived a life of that. And it has, look at where it ended. Any life run on that self-will is not going to be successful. Any life. It doesn't say, oh, just a drunken, drug addict, adult life. No, any life run on self-will is hardly going to be a success. Yeah? Will is going to be driven or ridden by something. We have been ridden by self-will. Yeah. So... I don't know. And he goes on and explains and blows your mind about, hey, when you're good, you could still be selfish and self-centered completely. What? Yeah. Then what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> that blew a hole, a big hole in my plan. I thought I was just going to be good from now on. That would be sufficient. It's not. Because goodness can have a lot of self-centeredness behind it. What? Yeah. This isn't uh, switching from bad to good. It's seeing the underlying conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what else. It was a great reading, Kurt, but I want to open it up to the group. Yeah. The good news is, like you said, our actor isn't us. Now, if it is, the bad is bad news. <laughs> if it is us, it's bad news. Good news. Yeah. It isn't you. It's that. Uh, it, it sounds like that's its nature when it says our actor is self centered. It doesn't say <gasps> our actor was self centered on Tuesday at that situation. No, it sounds like that's its nature. So you better fucking get used to it or tell the truth about it. Our actor is self centered. It's sort of like my dog is a biter. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, it's describing its nature. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, your actor is self-centered. <laughs> what has defeated you? Self. Oh, no. <laughs> so I can't rehab this actor? No, you really can't. Is it going to come to heaven with me? No, it won't. <laughs> Let's see, Irene's got her hand up. Why don't you come here? Hi. Um, well, it's probably a question that everybody knows, but anyhow, uh, I was talking to my son yesterday or the other day, and, and uh, I was kind of you know, we were talking about the parasite and, and he's a gardener and he knows about that parasite and stuff like that, right? So um, 
that then I was kind of like saying that with alcoholism, you know, and and um that it takes over somebody, you know, like you saying that. And then his question was, well, then why do you have to make amends? And I didn't immediately know an answer, you know. I I I thought, well, because it's the right thing to do and because, you know, you're responsible, but I it I, I thought there might be a better answer. So thanks. Yes, that's an that's a good one. Because uh in the action figure world, the action figure, just like he says, we have to in a way, at first we're trying to make right uh the action figure world and the actions that are occurred in it yes you can't just get out of jail free card you usually have to pay your dues and all your fines that you picked up in the action figure world and what does that mean the action figure world please body Maybe. the body the thing that you can see right now the okay. one that eats okay. and goes places and touches people and does things and drinks and does all this. It's like the action figure body. Yeah. Okay. Now, in this world, I've run into a lot of things. I did this and did that. And the idea that I'm going to leave this world scot free and go into the absolute and the, oh, I'm not the doer and stuff like that doesn't work. I've known people who do it, they try to do it. They hear an idea that. There is no self to begin with. Well, then I didn't do any of that shit. Toodaloo, bye-bye. But it doesn't work. So basically, that's really... And making the amends and and, and making peace for those past uh, credits and debits seems to be part of the admission to another state of, let's say, spiritual grace. Yeah? So... I made the amends. Now, the amends doesn't mean at first it's the amends would be looking like I, I'm take I'm being responsible for my role in things. But really, the amends is based on just what happened, because at a point you're not seeing that you were responsible for it, but you still owe the money or you still did something. You still ran that person over. And therefore, it's we have to come ter come to terms to, with the past, and so we make the amends. Yeah, and the amends are really about uh, making a statement that what I did with that person, I'm intending not to do to any other person. Yes. So there's an amend or a change in the behavior in the action figure. So it's not. Uh, so you. Most people, when we did the inventory in step nine, you felt you were the doer. So you were, you, you looked at your role and things, and now you did a list of what you needed to do to make, make peace with that. And then we went out and made the amends. Now, the amends can be made when you're not responsible, but you were accountable. So my dog, let's say here, okay. I have a dog. My dog took a shit on the neighbor's lawn. The neighbor's lawn, the neighbor got pissed off and called me and said, Hey, your dog took a shit on my lawn. And I go there and I make amends. I take the shit off. I see the guy. I say, Listen, I, I won't walk my dog down this way again. And so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But I don't 
keep acting. I don't walk around for the next 20 years thinking I took a shit on the lawn. Yeah, it was the it's door. It's my fault he took a shit on the lawn. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like when mm -hmm. he's there talking about our actor. So our actor, we're accountable for, but we're not the doer. It's, it's a okay. very big, yeah, it's a very big difference. See, the what's before the our actor there's something that's being pointed at when the statement our actor then there's something else something else is in the room we're not the actor we're that something else in the room so our actor did a lot of things in in this action world and we make amends for that yeah yeah okay 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 i got it thank you thank you Appreciate it. And it's you truly, to me, the biggest effect I had in the program was step nine, you know, in this world of action. I mean, because I had been tethered to the past and it was that balloon wasn't going to go that far. So as I was getting filled with air from the program, I was still tethered to the past. I couldn't lift up and doing the amends and facing it and shit like that was incredible, incredibly relieving, really unbelievable. What I actually felt was that new power flow in and how much power was, because it didn't seem that a, a, not a lot of power was flowing in. I mean, it had been shut down a lot because of all the interest having to go to the past. I was bound by it. But when I did the amends in step nine, the amount of power that flowed in was was more like a fucking waterfall, not not like a drip. Yeah, I could feel like a big rush of being alive. Really, it was incredible. So I was alive, but a lot of the zest for living was held back. Yeah, in other words, my life was captured by this past, and this is the procedure we we follow in recovery to allow that that flow to, you know, when you have a, when you have a spigot or a thing in your kitchen and then it's not running, the water faucet isn't running and then you don't want to deal with it, but it doesn't have the power and it's just, yeah. And then if you just move the obstruction, it flows as powerful. Did, I yeah. got used to that being obstructed. Yeah. I wasn't getting much. I wasn't being fed much by spirit. It was all blocked. And then by doing the amends, it opened up the, the that, that uh, what, what do you call it? That hose. And I got the, I got all the power that was available. It was awesome. It was really, in other words, you know what I mean? If you wouldn't, if you needed three pints of blood to live every day and you're only getting one pint of blood, and you're still mm. alive, but you're not really alive, yeah? You need a couple more pints of blood. And this is what was happening when I got sober. I had been, life had been sucked out of me a lot. And uh, things had to be done to open up those accesses, open up those spigots so something can start running through me again, yeah? And the program, step nine was fundamental because ignoring the past wasn't working. Denying the past wasn't working. Uh, all of the strategies that were presented by the head weren't working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. yeah i was haunted by the ghosts of the past and they were eating most of my energy seriously and then i did step nine and it was like fucking oh so this this is how it feels when you turn on the tap completely <laughs> not like four <laughs> drops five drops but a gush yeah yeah this is what it says in the third step. You're going to feel a new power flowing in. Yeah. I had it mostly at the ninth step. Because the past had to be dealt with. It just did. It was just a, it was like a giant block of frozen energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I try, I try to only look at the surface like a little tip of an iceberg. I didn't want to deal with what was underneath everything. Yeah. My strategy out there was to make shit, new shit every day. So I didn't have to look at the old shit. That's what I did. That's what the head did. I was so busy with the current arrest or the overdose or the have not having enough money to get the drugs that I didn't, I had no opportunity to look at really the underlying conditions. And then I got sober and I didn't, I was, I was, I wasn't going crazy for six months and it, I grew some courage to deal with the old shit, yeah, because I wasn't constantly making new shit up anymore. It was great. So these seem to be priorities for me to get to a certain point of openness to receive what's really readily available to be given. Yeah, yeah. This isn't about I gotta I've gotta find that which is gonna give all this juice. That thing is always available. It's making a, ourselves available to it. Yeah. And package, we, have yeah. Program, we have a program to do that. Yes. And it works because we're not individually fucked up. We've been fucked up in a collective way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Landscaper, whatever. Got it. <laughs> great, great water metaphor. Being a plumber, ex plumber. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a great analogy. Well, doesn't it feel like that? We're yeah. all say we're alive, but that's a uh, yeah. But there's yeah. You know, you could keep something alive with two drops of let's say water but that same thing could thrive if it had a lot more water yeah and it yeah. coincides with the book when it says you clear away the obstacles that are blocking it i mean it totally yeah. is in sync with what the book says and we don't clear away the obstacles yeah. something right. clears it away yes yes and then you find the greatest obstacle is the act of being identified as the obstacle <laughs> That's really, that is the biggest obstacle, isn't it? Literally. Yeah. And you, you made this point before about responsibility and accountability. Responsibility, usually, the effect of that is guilt, remorse, self pity, where accountability is, it doesn't produce that effect. No. It, it doesn't. That's why you can be kicked out of the office, let's say, in the book. You can yeah. be kicked, you know, it's not it's not contingent on what, how they do or react to your amends. It's, it's your, like you said, going into it. I mean. Almost yeah. definitely. You're dealing with the past and the people, but what you're dealing with isn't the past or the people. Yeah, you're dealing, yeah, what you're dealing with isn't. It's a, it's a rearrangement in you. Yeah. 
the hierarchy has to shift and and we're caught in the hierarchy so self cannot get out of self yeah yeah so it can plan a huge urban renewal project and the same building gets built yeah it's just you can't self can't get out of self it just that's one thing it's a profound because you recognize it what what is like spiritual practices sometimes it's the same thing as doing a shot of coke you're trying to get out of self and then it fails because you don't realize there's an identification as self to begin with and then as self you're trying to get out of self which is the biggest form of being in self what yeah you don't see it until you do or hopefully hear about it and this is one of the things why we're sharing you can get to it a lot of ways you can have that moment of clarity you can have a whack or you can hear about it and then build an understanding that opens that door so you get the, the light yeah yeah doesn't matter ones look like uh you know juicier than others but it doesn't matter quickly or slowly doesn't matter really it's the recognition yeah yeah so understanding is a way because it allows you to see the misunderstandings that you were living by yeah ada is just presenting they're presenting an understanding their understanding of what it was like to be us and then we see how it runs into so many of our misunderstandings while we've been taken over and so this is you know the, the the understandings they're sharing have fit into millions of people's lives because millions of those people had the same dilemma yeah a simple understanding of the exact nature of the wrong can lead to a huge amount of relief collectively yeah yeah any other hand hmm? I don't see, let me, let me look again. Oh, let's see, we got one. Chris, how about it? Count on me to fill the gap. Now, I just wanted to say about the whole accountability, responsibility thing, which was really great when I first heard it, that it's, it's kind of noteworthy to me that cert certain people in our lives, they accountability is is not enough for them you know it could be like hey i you know I, I stole 50 bucks from you i'm giving you back you know 100 bucks and if you just even hint like at any thought of like <clears throat> you try to talk about accountability versus responsibility they they really just want you to feel bad certain people they just want you to feel bad so you you can't get away with saying i'm not really responsible i'm i'm, I'm accountable because because you're obviously not accountable, you know, in this situation, you were the, I was the taker or whatever, the taking took care, but people, certain people just will not accept that concept that you're not responsible because they just want you to feel bad. And I'm only saying that to be like that, that that's the same thing that happens in the head. It's, it's an equivalence of responsibility means you can basically never get out of it, no matter what you do. You got to just feel bad forever. There's nothing you can do about it. So yes. I, I appreciate that distinction when I first heard it from Paul. And see, in, on the outside, though, 
It's none of your business, the other person's reaction. Your job is just to make the amend. It doesn't say it has to have a response that fits a certain curriculum. It's just none of our business what they do with it. Yeah. But that's exactly what happens in the head, for sure. The head, this is why it loves you as the doer, because it holds you accountable. You get held accountable in the form of being responsible, because you did it. And yeah, nope, life sentence. don't forget it. Yes, I know. I, it's a... It's a, it's got an incredible strategy. It does. It really does. Because it's so good that if you don't do it, you're still fucking responsible. Yeah. So you're responsible if you do it, and then you're responsible if you don't do it. <laughs> so it covers both bases completely. So you should have done it, or you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> This is why, but this is why it says we have object, there's an object uh, faith in this head. This is how, this is uh, a diagnosis of an extreme version of an active addict or alcoholic. We're extremely, there's an extreme obsession with this self. Yeah. There's so much faith in it. It's difficult to break. Yeah. That's why we have service because service can pull that service can bring out the interest and attention from that fucking hellish circle. It can pull it out. Your interest can get be pulled out off of you and then to somewhere else or something else. And then you feel a relief that you don't feel when you're thinking, I want relief all day. You get relieved of that. Yeah. Just recognize the cause of the of the uh, dis-ease, discomfort, and uh, anxiety isn't what the head says it is. It's the head itself. The head is the cause of the irritable restlessness and discontent, not the conditions it's talking about or pointing. That's like it's wild goose chase. Yeah, it's, it, it has to... It has to create those conditions of of that there's always something wrong and it's always your fault. And it just that's how it just it does not matter. I mean, because you can see the ridiculous things that it will make you feel guilty about that happened 20 years ago. But it could be the smallest thing or even something you did when you were a kid. And you're like, it's a kid. Like you didn't have. <laughs> no, you definitely didn't. Hey, uh, yeah. Oh, it's like a barnacle. It's just wants to stay attached to the hull. Yeah. It's doing whatever <laughs> it can. And, yeah. that, and the point is, it's on us to restrain it. It's not going to be, it's not going to restrain itself. Yeah. It's not it going to restrain itself. You have to recognize its workings or you're going to be worked over. Yeah. It's another one of those paradoxes that it's so consistent given the same message for decades that on the one hand that makes you go you realize it's like someone just left the uh the uh, emergency recording on and it's just going it's just going around but on the other hand it's like well i mean it really does make some good points and i've i've it's been really sticking to its gun so you know it doesn't have anything else yes <laughs> it doesn't have its own hull <laughs> and it can't go anywhere it needs you to go yeah. where 
It needs you to live through. It can't live on its own. Just like alcoholism cannot go out and buy the alcohol. Why does it seem like sometimes if it was you, you would just go out to the store? But it sounds like something's trying to convince you to go to the store. I mean, obviously, it has its agenda and it's trying to against you, convince you to take that agenda. If, if, if it was you, you wouldn't sit 20 minutes on the couch going, should I or shouldn't I? You would just do it. But because something's talking to you and it wants to motivate you to take an action that it can't take. It can't go to the store and order fucking a drink. It just, it's it's got, it's a, it's got a very limited, it doesn't have arms and legs. It needs hours, yeah? Yeah, so that's what happens. We're like the walking dead in some respects. You ever go, we have a place here called the, uh, the Tenderloin in San Francisco. It's very famous. It's uh, where a lot of us end up. It's a very, uh, you know, the piss in the sink hotel that the, the county will give you a three-day place to stay just trying to get rid of you, really, because you're just a fucking nuisance. You know, it, it, and so, and some people go there and visit when they can't find anywhere to cop and they never leave. You know, they get, it's just a, and there's these drugs that people are taking now. They look like they're extras in the, uh, the, the, the Living Dead show, you know, walking around as if they're vertically, they're tranced out. Yeah. And these people were friends of yours and probably literally, you know what I mean? They probably may have sat behind you in, in the class, stuff like that. They all had mothers and fathers probably. Yeah. So uh, for us, I mean, If you're not having big explosions of gratitude, just honor the small things that would be so huge if they weren't there, which is you're sober. Can you imagine what your morning would be like if you weren't sober? You probably couldn't. You cannot imagine hell. It's a subjective experience. You, No matter how you imagine it, it's going to be so much worse when you're living it. And you cannot do it justice. But when you find yourself back there, fuck. Yeah. So learn from others, man. We're sitting near you at a live meeting and learn from others who need to be in a meeting and aren't, man, because there but by the grace of God go I. Yes. It's a great gift to be free from that bondage of self to a point where you can be relaxed and spend an hour on a Zoom. Yeah. Can you imagine? If you wanted to get coke, do you think you'd spend an hour on a Zoom? You'd be Zooming all over fucking town trying to get the cash and shit. <laughs> There'd be no, I'm going to sit down and check out this fucking, no way. No way. <clears throat> so, yeah. We are basically, as a car, the exact thing that was being driven crazy out there that's now sitting and relaxing in a nice recliner. It's who it's who who's running the show that's making the difference. Yeah. 
we have it very clear. There's an old employer and a new employer. Hopefully, you're under the benefits of the new employer. Yeah. Yeah. They're not the same employer. <laughs> you make a good point, but it's not an individual. I can't hear that. I can't hear it. It's a collective thing, right, Paul? When you talk about this, it's not an individual. That's why. Oh, I can't hear you, Kurt. Can't, can't hear you. How about now? Yes, yes, good. Yeah, no, it's it, the point, you know, there was a friend of ours 25, 30 years ago, you say you need to see the truth about the lie. You need to see the truth about the lie. And and then when when it's, you know, the promises are very descriptive of that state of well-being. We comprehend the word serenity, we know peace, we can be alone in perfect peace and ease. A new world comes into view. I mean, it's very descriptive of that witness. And when you read it, it's intimate because you've had it or you've been, you've been the effect of it. So it's not like you're reading some metaphysical equation from somewhere else. You've, you've rubbed shoulders with it. Yeah. You have all of us, all of us have been affected already. Even your first week sometimes. Yes. You've been introduced to something that before was unsuspected, and now you start suspecting it. And that's starting to suspect the inner resource makes you fucking very suspicious of the contemporary mental resource. Because they seem quite different. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just amazing that I, you know, 35 years of rotation here. I've been sober the whole time. Yeah, it blows my mind. Yeah. I think the only things I've done more consistently is breathe and maybe shit and stuff. I don't know. Breathe and yeah. It's maybe let the dogs and the cats out. Hmm? Maybe let the dogs and the cats out. Yeah. But it's just amazing, really. So talk about being in the habit of being sober, man. Yeah. Yeah. Any other hands? Yeah. Well, we can say goodbye today. We have a guest here. We're going to take him to the city. I think that we may take him to Santa Cruz, California. He's never seen it. Take down, take Go down the coast, Highway 1. There you go. Quite nice. It's a sunny day. The magnificence of California. Yeah. Northern California, especially. Hey, so we have a sunny day. We may take advantage of it. So thanks, everyone. Let me say goodbye to Chris. That was very nice, Chris. Yes. You will be held accountable yeah, being the one responsible for your rest of your fucking life. Yeah, you'll be getting, you'll be getting uh, this one thing I got to share. I was about 12 years sober living in Potrero Hill, something like that. And I get a letter and on the head of the letter says fugitive squad. So it was a letter from Long Island, Mineola, Long Island, where I grew up. And they wanted me to come back to face some charges. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, 
we'd like you to be here Monday morning at nine o'clock. So I immediately called up to get a red eye flight. Yeah. No. <laughs> so it's like, they were telling <laughs> yeah. Give yourself up and throw yourself at the mercy of the court, wherever you are on Monday. Sure. <laughs> this is what the head does. And you don't, and you don't even have any arrest warrants. It's got you being afraid to go to court and you didn't do fucking anything. Yes, it's insane. Do you think I, yeah, I bought a ticket and I flew to Long Island from California and surrendered myself to the, the authorities. You that know, is so right? funny. I called, I called a... my, my uh, <laughs> brother-in-law who was a clerk for a judge and I told them, and he told me, you know, they have all these old shit and they try to write, go through them and they make one final stab. Like what they use, some of the times they do is they send you a message that they're going to give you a free refrigerator or something if you come to this place and then they arrest everybody. But I'm on to that. You know what I mean? You're going to get a free Mac book and then they get, so they throw this shit in and then, I said, well, what, what do you think I should do? He says, just don't come back to New York for a while. I said, that's great. I wasn't intending on going there anyway. <laughs> so there's a, there's a fucking little character in your head from the Fugitive Squad that's sending you messages, Chris. <laughs> you, must, you must show up at court for this unbearable thing that you seemingly did 30 years ago. Just don't answer the fucking uh, letter. <laughs> all right michael stacy always florida john of course martin nice to see you bro i'll be i hear you're going to be doing hosting some of these things great axel from germany nice to see you we got my friend gary down up in placerville thanks paul that i like that last story was a really good one for me yeah applies <laughs> Remember, yeah, check the, the letterhead when you get the false evidence and appearing real in your head. <laughs> right on. The call is coming from within. The what? <laughs> Michael Stacy. all right, we got him. Christian G, nice to see you, Christian. Joseph and France. Kurt, as always, we missed you, Kurt. Oh, Not coming to Temecula. We did. Steven, iPhone, I don't can't recognize him there. Tom from Denver, James, nice to see you, James. Mickey, as always. Arena, I guess, did I get close in Germany? I hope so. Somewhere. You know, the feeling is there, yes. Al Vegas, Roman Mueller, Danny M. Uh, this is another Liane. Lil Lilian or something. It's beautiful, whatever. Yes. Oh, I got close with the Lilian. Lilian. Yeah. All right. Oliver in Berlin also. Hopsor. Popsor. That's a nice name. Paula. Rye. Uh, let's see. We got a phone number. Esther. Christine in, Flor in Hawaii, I mean. Fletch. Fletch. Yeah. After the 30th, give me a ring. Uh, Paula, doo -doo -doo -doo. Danny M. All right. Nice to see everybody. Thank you for 
Thank you. Hang out with us. Yep. Bye bye. Enjoy the day. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Kurt. Good seeing you, John.